so you know this gets us to the the kind of main case study uh, of the chapter now that you know that will be uh, that they discuss for the remainder of uh, of this chapter which is you know really this difference you know taking uh, and you know doing a, a kind of comparing and contrasting analysis of um, two kind of broad kind of culture areas, right? So as they put it right, since around the start of the 20th century, anthropologists have divided the indigenous inhabitants of North America's Western littoral into two broad culture areas, California and the Northwest coast. Before the 19th century, when the effects of the fur trade and then the gold rush, as they put, you know, wreaked havoc on indigenous groups and many were exterminated, these populations formed a continuous chain of foraging societies extending through much of the West Coast. At the time, perhaps the largest continuous distribution of foraging people in the world. You know, this wasn't just, you know, oh, they were just backwards or they just hadn't got, they hadn't gotten with the times or anything like that. But rather it was, uh, you know, as they write, a highly efficient way of life um, because, you know, both the Northwest Coast peoples and those of California maintained higher densities of population than the farmers um, of the great nearby of the nearby Great Basin and American Southwest, who you know were were practicing agriculture, were farming maize, beans, uh, and squash, and so on. But instead, these kind of foraging societies, which you know, uh, uh, in California and the Northwest Coast, which as we'll get into, you know, they relied on different different types of food stocks for foraging, but they were foraging societies. They were not agriculture-based, yet they had uh, a remarkable density of people and a remarkable complexity of civilization, of society. Um, it wasn't just the, the, you know, the, the myth that we've been dispelling and that, you know, Graeber and Wingrove have been dispelling throughout the book of this idea of, you know, what a foraging society or foraging people might look like, you know, one that's kind of always nomadic, always on the move, always living on subsistence, uh, you know, having to, to work, you know, hard every single day to find enough food to eat and so on. But rather instead, you know, what we see, in, uh, in, in these kind of northern and southern zones of the West Coast, you know, are, are profound differences, both ecologically and culturally. So, you know, the, the peoples of the Canadian North West Coast relied heavily on fishing, you know, harvesting, uh, you know, salmon, um, you know, the, these kind of fish that were mi migrating upriver from the sea to spawn and were present and just, absolute abundance, you know, um, and at the same time, you know, these people were uh, expert woodworkers, you know, transforming um, local conifers, you know, the firs and redwoods and yews and cedar trees into these, you know, as they put it, dazzling material culture of carved and painted masks, containers, tribal crests, totem poles, richly decorated houses and canoes, which ranks among the world's most striking artistic uh, traditions. You know, this is the Northwest Coast, the kind of, you know, Northwest Canadian, um, uh, you know, First Nations people. And then if we move down a little bit further south to California, then we see that Mediterranean climate, right, of, you know, mountains and deserts and foothills and river valleys and coastlines that, you know, led for uh, a rich assortment of different flora and fauna of animals and plants 
You know, and here we see um, that, as they put it, most Californians were proficient fishers and hunters, but many also followed an ancient reliance on tree crops, especially nuts and acorns, as staple foods. Their artistic traditions differed from those of the Northwest Coast. House exteriors were generally plain and simple. There was almost nothing similar to the Northwest Coast mask or monumental sculptures that so delight museum curators, rather aesthetic activity focused on the weaving of highly patterned baskets used for storing and serving food. So here we can already start seeing some really key differences of this kind of, of the West Coast, you know, not just in the food uh, that they were taking as their kind of staples, you know, salmon versus acorns, for example, or tree or, you know, fish versus tree crops. Um, but also we start seeing some really crucial cultural differences, some different values emerging too, in terms of artistic and aesthetic practices, in terms of uh, how they were living, you know, the, the kind of houses they were living in, the kind of tools or technologies they were building. And as well, you know, we start seeing even more important differences here in, in, uh, in terms of the uh, the ways that these societies organize themselves around what kinds of activities and values they organize themselves. So what we have here is history's first documented case of East Coast versus West Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's the origin of the beef. Yeah, the East Coast has Jersey Shore, the West Coast has Poly Shore, and so on and so forth. <laughs> 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 ah, that's right. But here we got we got a north versus south uh, happening. But so so we see now, now now it's not only just you know getting into these differences of what kind of foods were they eating you know because we could chalk some of that up to uh, you know what's called ecological determinism right like well you know they were living in different ecologies different uh, you know terrains so of course they would rely on different kinds of foods um, but then we start seeing some really uh, uh, wild social differences happening that as we'll get into, cannot just be chalked up to an ecological determinism. So, you know, as they, as they write, you know, from the Klamath River northwards, there existed societies dominated by warrior aristocracies engaged in frequent intergroup raiding and in which traditionally a significant portion of the population had consisted of chattel slaves. This apparently had been true as long as anyone living there could remember, but none of this was the case further south. So the, the question here for the chapter then becomes, you know, why? Why is it that there's this like, you know, stark boundary between what, what is often seen as this kind of extended family or this continuous chain of foraging societies? Um, why is it that there's this boundary between, you know, the North and South, between, you know, those of the North who um, held slaves and those of the South who did not hold slaves? You know, and, and in fact, as they put, you know, you might think that there would be a lively debate about this among scholars, but in fact, there isn't. <laughs> Instead, most treat the differences as insignificant, preferring to lump all Californian and Northwest Coast societies together into a single category of quote-unquote affluent foragers or quote complex hunter gatherers if you know it, it, it's it's really interesting to uh 
you'll hear about the ways in which like what differences matter in the academic debates and which differences are swept aside. And it's wild to think that like the presence of slavery in one part of this region and the presence of, and, and the uh, non-existence of slavery in another neighboring part is just kind of swept aside. You know, that broad brushstroke is being like, well, you know, some people have slaves and some people don't, but you know, it would be, it would be a, I feel like like the ignorance of it, it's just like I can't really – could you imagine if historians in far-flung future – like, okay, so, you know, the North has – you know, here they talk about how uh, the difference here or what people say is the modes of substance. Aquatic mm-hmm. fish-based economies, it's argued, just foster warlike societies, and then acorn-based foraging economies don't. That sort of analysis I think would never fly – or – and this is what's something they'll talk about a little bit later with modes of production, limita- the limitation. It's like, you know, if you were to analyze the reasons why certain parts of the United States, north or south generally, had slaves and didn't have slaves. You couldn't simply, I mean, you can't simply fly with a very base analysis of mode of substance or production, right? There are also a wide variety of other, there were other factors at play here. And similarly, I think, you know, ignoring, I don't think we could probably call it like a political economy, right? But ignoring concrete reasons why one group of people might choose to do slavery, why another group of people choose not to do slavery, and also choose not to adopt it, and don't seem to have ever adopted at any point, live next to each other, and probably have some cultural exchange and know of each other's methods and lives and in existence, and yet choose to just, you know, structure themselves in the refusal of like that other way of life. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of see how silly this sounds if we put it in contemporary terms of, you know, this idea that like, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, any differences between them are considered as, you know, as they put mechanical responses to their contrasting modes of subsistence. So, you know, what it, what it really sounds like is, is like, you know, the, the people in this, in California, in the South who, you know, uh, had terrestrial or acorn based, tree cot based, uh, economies, they were the soy boys, Ed. You know, they were just feminized <laughs> by eating all them, eating all them nuts. Uh, but, then, but then the societies in the north that were fish-based, you know, they were eating meat. That's what made them into warriors. You know? <laughs> it's like, that is essentially what the the kind of anthropological, uh, you know, uh, conclusions that Graeber and Wingrow are, are, you know, arguing against here that have been largely accepted really do amount to, as Jeremy just put in the chat, Chad Hunters versus Virgin Nut Gatherers. 